If you're applying to PA school in the 2024-2025 cycle, then I need you to know about our Pre-PA Academy. This is a group coaching program that I have wanted to start for so long and I am pumped. So from February to October of this cycle, we will be working as a cohort through the entire application process. The way that Academy works is we'll have three to four weekly sessions with myself and the other PA platform coaches where we will be teaching and doing group work and live personal statement editing, live mock interviews, question and answer, office hours, virtual shadowing, and just walking you through this entire PA school application process. We're going to start from your personal statement, choosing the programs, making a school list, getting your application ready before it opens in April on CASPA to getting you ready for interviews, what to do if you're hearing back, what to do if you're not. This is like our webinar series, but so much more intimate. Talking to students who have joined the program, it really seems like they are most excited for the accountability, the support, and the community through this process, and that is exactly what I wanted to offer. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. I promise. And we're just going to have a good time getting to know each other and working through it together and learning from each other. I want you guys to learn from each other in the program. You can sign up at any time. The code, if you want $50 off of your registration, is HELLO24. And we would love to have you as part of our first cohort of Pre-PA Academy for this upcoming cycle. Happy 2022! We are in a new year and we have some great podcast episodes coming up this year. Today you're going to hear from Jono. He is a PA in Washington. He had a lot of children during PA school, so we talk about that, as well as just the overwhelm that comes with trying to figure out how to study. So I think this is a great episode to start off our semester. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast today and happy new year. Savannah here, your friendly pre-PA coach, dermatology PA in Georgia, if you're new. Uh, But if you are a regular listener, you may have noticed that there were not any new episodes the past two weeks. It was Christmas and then New Year's and to be perfectly honest, I just needed a break. The podcast has been such a project that I've enjoyed but to be honest I hadn't been enjoying it as much so I needed to step away a little bit and I really am trying to figure out what the podcast is going to look like for this year so if you are listening to this um, head over to my Instagram it's at the PA platform I'm going to post some question boxes on there to really see uh, you know who's listening what you want to hear about if the podcast is still helpful now that we're 200 and something episodes in Uh, And we'll kind of go from there. So I have some other things I'm working on, some projects, some videos that I think will also be really helpful. And so I'm just trying to figure out where to put my time to make sure that I am helping as many people as we can. Uh, Some of you may be doing our personal statement challenge. If you missed out on that, we started this past Wednesday. You can sign up at any time. So if you go to the paplatform.com slash personal statement, 
What you'll sign up for is a free two-week email course. You'll get an email every day for two weeks that gives you an action, so something that takes 10 to 20 minutes that you can do to get a first draft written of your personal statement. So if you commit to that, you can stretch it out if you want, but um, it also has an application uh, or a personal statement checklist. So just a lot of resources to kind of help you get over that hump of starting, help you get, um, you know, past writer's block, get some ideas down. So that's something that you can sign up for at any time. But on Wednesday, we started going through it as a group. So um, there's a Facebook group. I'll put that in the description. Uh, you can go ahead and join on, join in. Everything will be listed in there for you. And we would love to have you join for the challenge. Uh, you can also grab your copy of the PA School Interview Guide, or sorry, the PA School Personal Statement Guide, <laughs> um, either one, and use the code FUTUREPA. We are still seeing a lot of people booking interviews um, and getting interview invites. So, you know, if you're in that waiting phase, don't be too discouraged because there are definitely still uh, interviews going out. All right. Um, so for today's episode, we have Jono, and you can find him on Instagram at Quill Notebooks. We're going to talk a lot about his PA school journey and kind of how he got through it, how he uh, found was the best process of studying, and how that has translated into him creating Quill Notebooks, which I love a good PA entrepreneur. And these are really cool. They're actually physical notebooks where you can um, – get one for each subject. I've posted about them on Instagram uh, before and they're really neat. So he has a cool story, um, just really positive vibes, which we love, and you're going to enjoy hearing from him. So we'll jump into that and head to Instagram. We are going to have a giveaway. Uh, so if you want to get in on that, go see the post from today and we will get you entered for that. All right. Hope you have a great week or weekend. Um, so my name is Jono. I am a PA in Washington and I have been working for almost two years as a PA. I started, um, off in interventional radiology and on the side, some emergency medicine and urgent care work transitioned to being near family in Washington and took a job at a clinic up here, but I'm going to be transitioning to, um, hospital, critical care, ICU medicine in a couple of months. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. That's exciting. Very mm -hmm. different, a little more intense. Yeah. Um, well, let's take it a step back and just kind of tell us what led you to wanting to be a PA. Okay. Um, so this is my, my journey to become a PA is I think as disjointed as anyone could be. Um, I, Hated science class, never wanted to do any science classes, put off science classes until my last semester of my senior year of college, um, and then took the easiest one I could. And at one point in school, because I was a communications major, my goal going to college was I want to play in a band and work at camp. And I did those, and then I didn't know what to do. Um, but I had a thought where I was like, maybe I should go into medicine. And my next thought was, no, I'm not smart enough for that, and I've probably been watching too much drugs. <laughs> um, and so never pursued it, never gave it a second thought, but I was doing a lot of youth work, high adventure youth work, like being a backpacking guide, being an outdoor adventure director, a lot of climbing overseas stuff. And I really liked that. And, um, 
thought that maybe I would start pursuing a career where I would like develop my own program or run a program. And a lot of those required um, some sort of medical training. So I did a wilderness EMT certification. Um, and that, that then scratched the surface of patient care, anatomy, physiology, trauma response. Um, and walked away from that. I was like, oh, that was awesome. Now what? Um, and so continued to work with students, continued to run programs, um, but kept having this thing mulling around in the back of my head where I was like, maybe oh, that'd be cool. And like found myself looking up programs at night online. And I'm like, what, how, could I, how could I do this? And then eventually my wife just had to be like, you know, just stop talking about it and take a class. Um, and so at that time being, uh, 27 married in junior college courses with a bunch of 18 year olds was like super humiliating. <laughs> but I, I like, Appreciate the honesty. Yeah. I was just, I was like, man, I don't remember what osmosis is. I don't know what the mitochondria is. Like I put all of this out of my mind. And so I'm like sitting there like desperately trying to make sense of things. Um, even at like the most basic level that now I look back and like, man, I really didn't know anything. Um, and then it just became one step in the same direction. Not really sure where I was going to land. Um, but I, you know, continued the classes and then my wife surprised became pregnant. Um, and I needed to take on a second job. And so ended up for some reason, finding a job as a scribe in, a, in an ER. Nice. Um, and it was, so it was just kind of, okay, let's keep going. Let's keep thinking about this. Let's keep trying things. And then next thing I know, I'm, I realized I qualified for a PA school. Um, <clears throat> I sat down with actually my uncle um, and he made me like go through every program. He's like, what do you qualify for? Um, and we listed out all of them. He's like, you're going to apply to all of these. So I applied to 22 schools. Oh, wow. They got 26 on my list. Um, got immediate rejections by 12 of them. The hardest one was like on my birthday where I like get this email from the school and I'm like, oh, cool. And then it's like, you got rejected. Oh <laughs> no. Like, you know, 30, like, oh God, what am I doing with my life? Um, and then ended up getting into a school. Our goal was to either be near family or we didn't care. And so I got into a school near family and, you know, and went through PE school. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So wait, out of 22 applications, how many interviews did you get? I got four offers that I remember. I think I may have had other ones, but I accepted, uh, I ended up going to Davis and that was near family. And so okay. once I accepted that, I stopped hearing from schools. I yeah. don't know how Casper works. You probably know how Casper works. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I had a couple more offers, but I didn't want to fly to the East coast at that point yeah um yeah i mean once once you are happy with your your yeah. choice you know let it be um okay so we i mean that's really interesting and it's really great that you had support even though it was you know a little scary to make the change there um going into pa school and especially like touching on having a family you know what were your expectations what did you do to kind of prepare for that mm -hmm. 
as somebody who's basically going back to school, you know, making a big life change after you've been kind of settled? Yeah. Um, So I think the biggest thing that I, so just to put it in context, I started PA school with one daughter and ended with three daughters. I love that. (laughs) Um, So, so going into it, like my, my wife and I, we were on the same page. We knew what we were getting, we knew what we were getting into, but like we had a common vision together and we were going to work through this together. Um, and just, you know, people say you, you treat it like a job. That was more of an easy adjustment for us because we've had jobs. Yeah. And so it's just kind of a, okay, from this time to this time every day I'm working and then I'm done. Um, and so for my wife and I be, being, having that plan and knowing that, um, you know, Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday, be in class Saturday, I study Sundays, I'd be off. And, um, we were able to kind of consistently keep that schedule really worked well for us. Um, learning how to, and we can get into this more, but like learning how to strategize my study and set really, 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 really hardcore boundaries on my time was a big factor. Um, and I, I, um, I became pretty, like I had this underlying philosophy that I started when I was in school was just that no program career, you know, school job, anything should ever win in a battle against my, my marriage, my kids or my health. And so then all my decisions were based off of that. Um, you know, which included then diet, exercise, time with my kids, time with my wife. Um, I ended up the way I, I approached my study and strategies my studies. I never studied at night. Um, and partly just because I found that it was useless for me. I was so tired by the time kids went to bed. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to be up early. Um, yeah. So preparation wise, I didn't know what I was getting into. I took the advice of people that were like, just chill, you know, it's going to be hard. Just you know, in, a, in hindsight, I'm like, I wish I had like developed more of a strategy and gotten some more resources lined up instead of just, you know, panic for a couple months. But I was able to to figure it out. I mean, I think that's so normal, though, because it is a big adjustment and it's just different. And mm-hmm. but I like that you didn't necessarily put life on hold. Mm-hmm which I think is what a lot of people feel like they have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, there's going to be sacrifice in the pre-PA yeah. path and definitely in PA school, you know, there's yeah. going to, something's going to have to give at some point, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean everything. And it can be yeah. so easy. I found myself doing this, getting just PA school being all consuming. I mean, mm-hmm. if you let it consume all of your time and thoughts and effort, it mm-hmm. 100% will, but that doesn't necessarily mean you do better. And I found mm-hmm. the same thing once I actually started studying more effectively and less, I did better because yeah. I wasn't studying at nine o'clock at night when I was exhausted, not mm-hmm. really learning anything, but going through the motions of study. So yeah. I think we had very similar experiences um and kind of what that was like what was the hardest class for you uh my first thought was like the classes that we had to do that were medically based that I felt like were kind of a waste of time um but those were those weren't really hard those just 
I didn't enjoy. I think the hardest subject is what for me was renal. I, that was the one. And and I and I hadn't I hadn't really figured out my strategy at that point. I think if I was to go back and do it, I with with what I obviously with what I know, but like with how I would approach it, I might do better. But that was a test I walked away from. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going to be a PA. <laughs> well, was, <laughs> mine was definitely farm. Farm was so hard yeah. for me, just trying to figure yeah. out how to learn that. Mm-hmm. And it was just so different. Mm-hmm. Um, and without being able to, you know, apply it to real patients, it was just mm-hmm. hard. So that, yeah. that was definitely my hardest. Um, well, yeah. I wanted to talk about studying because you kind of alluded to it, but having a good study method study strategy, time management, resources, like all of those things are so important. And I think the sooner you pinpoint them as a PA student, the better for your academic and mental success. So um, what was your experience with kind of figuring out what worked best for you? So I knew going into school that I learned best writing things out and drawing. Same. Um, and that's how I made it through anatomy and physiology. Um, and that's how I made it through micro, all those things. And so I was like, okay, I'll just do the same thing. But I got an iPad because I was like, I'll do it on this and I'll annotate notes and all these things. And I got really, even with that, like, I thought like, oh, I'll just annotate slides and I'll review them. But like, I, I couldn't review, you know, at the end of the day, you have a thousand slides you've annotated. I'm like, I can't review this. This isn't helpful for me. And then I found, and this is the experience I've heard from a lot of students in PA schools, MP schools, medical schools, even nursing schools, is you have this huge amount of content that's presented in a really disjointed way. Um, And a lot of that, the challenge is you have expert lecturers coming in and teaching on their different things and their different passions. And you're sitting back like, I, I, I don't know how, how loop diuretics work and I need to know how loop diuretic work, diuretics work. And you're telling me about this research 20 years down the road about this new thing that doesn't mean, so you, you, there's like a lot of anxiety that comes with it. Um, and so for me, I, I, and I was class president, I met with the faculty and I said to them, um, hey, we, this needs to be more organized what can we do? And one of the professors kind of rolled her eyes and he's like, well, we're not going to spoon feed you guys. And my response, I hope graciously was, could you show us the table? Like, I, we don't need you to feed us, but you, we need you to show us the, 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 how to start. Yeah. And I, and so I'm, I'm giving a more roundabout answer to this, but it's something that I put a lot of thought into as someone who's been a backpacking guy for a long time, I would never say to a group of students, who had, for example, never been outside overnight before and be like, hey, we're gonna just go climb the mountain, good luck, let's go, start hiking. I would say, here's the map, here's the trail, here's where we're gonna take breaks, here's the strategy, here are your tools, like kind of lead and guide them on this. And so then for myself, I made, I made a guide, like I took what was the blueprint and made notebooks out of them. And so, and I've seen you post where you're like, I, I wanna see your notes. So these, these are my yeah. notes. You and you posted yours on Instagram. I've seen yeah. them. I yeah, can't get so rid of mine either. <laughs> these, these are this is gapping tape, which is kind of like duct tape. Yeah, paper I took from the school, my tuition money. So who knows? Um, and so then, you like literally made the book. 
yeah. out of tape and paper. Oh and so I, I, would sit, I would sit down at the beginning of every section and take the blueprint. And like, yeah. this looks like chaos right now, but I would be like, okay, these are, this is the blueprint and make a table of contents and go through and number every one of these pages. So I do this like a night watching Netflix with my wife. And then I would sit down and I had, you know, one review book that I really liked, one or two video sources that I really liked that for me were really visual, gave me lots of drawings to recreate. Um, I'll gladly endorse them if you want. I don't know if you want that. But I, I would, you know, spend the weekend before a section building this, this notebook out so that when I got to lecture, I had everything I needed to know. Yeah. And I felt, I went from like being like desperate and lost and confused to feeling like, oh, I'm really prepared and I'm, and I feel really smart. Like to sit, I remember sitting in the Hemoc lecture with, to me, hematologists are superheroes. Like oh, the gosh. way they can, they can process things. I'm just like, you're in a different world, but I was tracking with everything she was saying and everyone else in my class was just like sitting back like this. And I was like, oh no, it's just, it's this, it's right here. Like I, I opened a blank page, but yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I have, I don't have them all here because I don't want to hear them. I have 14 of these plus a, like a pants review wow. that I did. And, and I have like such an affinity for them. I would get so excited when people would ask me about them. I would have professors stop lectures and be like, oh, those are really cool. Like, I love your notes. I love it. And which just like built up this like, ah, I'm doing something cool. Yeah. Um, preceptors would, would take note of it. Um, and what it did, what I realized is like, I would finish cardiology and be like, this is it. I made this, I'm done with it. It wasn't just, I need to absorb this information, take a test and move on. It was, yeah. I, I made this and then I put it in my stack and then I would get excited about like, okay, we're going to endocrine. And I'd be like, oh, cool. I get to start a new book. So it created this sense of, in, in like hindsight, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of mental health to that of yeah. like, this is my project. I'm going to work on this project. I'm done with this project. It's time to move on. But also the process of like reviewing it and even the physical, like flipping through the pages, getting to it adding to my notes, making sense of it for myself, made this funnel. Um, you you kind of like owned the information. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- like took yes, ownership exactly. About it. exactly. <laughs> um, what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's in, entirely, entirely what it is. And you can tell, like, I, I, I get, ex- even before I started in uh, Quill, and we can talk about that, like, I would just get excited about this. I would even show people, like, when they're going to school, I'm like, hey, this is what you need to do. Because they always ask, what do you do for I'm like, get this. The work for you, yeah. And that's what I, I think it may be hard for some people to understand, but I like completely understand. Um, like as you were talking, there were very specific lectures that came to mind that I remember sitting there going, why are we sitting here? Why is this a two-hour lecture? Mm-hmm. I This is over my head. I don't know mm-hmm. what you're trying to get me to get out of this. And it was just, you know, frustrating as the student, because like you said, this is our tuition, we're paying for this. I don't want you to spoon feed me, but I need to know what's important. And I need to know mm-hmm. what's going to help me in the future and help me with patients. Mm-hmm. And a two hour lecture on acid base is not it. So um, <laughs> and like, it just, I, yeah. I can like completely remember those moments. So I I get what you're saying. And it is interesting. So 
I were you a group studier at all or like no me? no I I had I had one one or two people I enjoyed studying with but we we didn't talk Same. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that was me that was me and my like two best friends in the program we would study together in the same geographical mm-hmm. location but mm-hmm. we weren't talking about school we were every once in a while it's like you know I have a question about this but I don't mm-hmm. I don't want you trying to teach me stuff and I don't know it well mm-hmm. enough to teach you yet um yeah. which some people that's how they learn and that's great um but it's just interesting because I I've been posting some of my study stuff on Instagram and I'll probably mm-hmm. keep doing that but um I was a note taker before PA school and I just found I didn't have time to do as much as I wanted to with writing everything out. Um, So I kind of transitioned to learning how to make study guides on the computer. Mm -hmm. So taking kind of like you do, like taking the information, what's important from the lectures, from all my resources, putting it together in the study guide. But the funny thing is I never actually used them to study, like making it was my studying and then I didn't really look at them. I just made it. And then I would do questions. Um, but mm-hmm. my classmates loved it because mm-hmm. they used it. So um, we had this huge yeah. Google drive where we would share stuff. And that's the hard part about writing it, too, is then it's harder to, like, share. Yeah. Uh, you want to copy a bunch of pages. Um, yeah. So I'm, yeah, surrounded by my notes that I've been going through right now, trying to decide what to keep. And I'm also very attached. I don't want to get rid of them. Yeah. Even though the information will probably be outdated by the time I need it. Well, I, I, like at, at the end of school, a lot of people would sell their textbooks to your class. And I was like, I can't justify this. Like, here, take them for free. Like, I don't, these have no value to me. Yeah. But, like, I, would, I would never like, sell. I got them. what I need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's and, awesome. And, like a lot of my textbooks, they were booster seats for my kids. They weren't like, I. yeah. Well, you just don't have time, like in a two yeah. week section or a four week section, you're not going to go through an entire textbook. Like there's not mm-hmm. time. Unfortunately, I mean, it just doesn't work. Um, well, yeah. So tell me how, because you had this resource that worked for you, Quill mm-hmm. has come out of that. Tell yeah. us about kind of your mission there and yeah. that process a little bit. Yeah. So um, you, 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 you touched on it, the, the ownership of, of it. And that's exactly what I'm going for is, is the feeling like a problem that students face is every student wants to be an incredible clinician. The challenge is that you have this massive amount of information that's presented in a really disjointed way, which then makes you or any student feel um, anxious and unprepared. And to hear students say, I don't feel like this school's preparing me for rotations. I don't feel like it's preparing me for the boards. I don't feel like it's preparing me for practice is a terrifying thing. And, <clears throat> Um, I think it's just plain wrong for students who want to care for other people to be subjected to an education that makes them feel anxious in the process. It can be hard. Hard's not the challenge, but, but um, when people have the attitude like, well, I suffered through this, therefore you should suffer through this, um, it's, it's just, you know, almost That's like, like a, a, yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. helpful. So, so um, and I, like, I believe, and this is from my experience as a backpacking guide, I think I, I believe that every student who wants to care for other people in a clinical setting deserves a guide. Um, and so that's what Quill was made out of. And so I have a couple of examples here. Um, I'll grab the GI one. Um, Quill was, was based off my experience. So those notebooks um, 
and it was made to be a guide for, for any student going through school so that they can feel like empowered and motivated. It was made so they could strategize their learning and internalize their education um, and own it. So all, all that stuff, all, all of my experience then pointed towards this, where they made a book for every section and I'm working on other ones that I, I can talk about too, but you would op- you'd get the book, go into GI system, you open it up, there's obviously a dedication page for you to dedicate all that hard work to someone because I mean, God knows you're not doing this for yourself. No. You even write for my future patients. Um, but there's a table of contents, which is the total breakdown of, this is just based off the pants. It works for, it works for the step two, it works for um, the NP boards or, or the NCLEX, but then you get into the subsection and then every disease is there. It's just it's just broken down by illness script, pathology, patient diagnosis, treatment. There's space for pearls, there's space for drawings, references, lecture notes. And then this is, I think, almost more important. This is the space for your own illustrations, uh, algorithms, stuff that's gonna help you remember it. And so this then would go through the entirety of the GI system. Um, and then at the end of every system there's um, a quick reference for medications based in that section. Oh, nice. So, and then each, each medication is indication, metabolism, name, dose, side effects, mechanism of action. Perfect. Um, I've worked on and I've made, this is then, this would have been good for you. Yeah, I would have definitely knew that. My, my, I have so many pharmacology charts. I have essentially made a book of like, and, and kind of similar here, I'll grab one and show you it's, um, but mine were typed up, but each drug had its own page. Yep. And that's exactly what this is. So I had each section and then this is what it looked like where it was the, the drug name, the class metabolism mechanism of action um indications and uh, like i have hundreds of these because and so so that's what that's same thing but it's like every drug class you get into um and so i've I've had students buy individual books for sets and people have responded saying like i opened these up and i felt motivated, empowered. I felt like I could tackle medical school. I felt like I could tackle my DNP, my PA education. And to me, it's really exciting um, because I want to, I like, I want to get ahead of that feeling that everyone talks about of just pure anxiety and stress when you're in school that then leads to a continued anxiety and stress when you're in practice. And instead give people tools to, to own their, their own journey. Um, to, to take charge of it, to, to own their education, because I, I, like I said, I believe every student deserves a guide. Well, that's why MPA school, you just don't, I feel like when you're in it, you don't have the energy or the time to be worried about everything. So anything mm-hmm. that like saves time or makes your life easier is just so helpful. And, yeah. and for some people, you know, some people group studying is overwhelming. Some people making charts is overwhelming. Um, so I think identifying how you study is really important. And then like clinging to that, like once you find it, yeah, you know, go with that. You don't need to change it. You don't need to yeah. 
find something new. Like if you're struggling, okay, do something different. But mm-hmm. if something's working, then just keep doing that or finding ways to make it more effective or efficient. Well, so that's what you've done. Like you've kind of like yeah. taken away some of that stress of like, I don't really know what, where to start. Um, mm-hmm. and kind of said, okay, yeah. here's where you start. Yeah. Go from here. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think a lot of the, the anxiety people feel is that like comparison of, oh, well, this person used osmosis. They did better than me. And I used online medit. So I didn't know. And I should probably yeah. be using boards of beyond. And I didn't right. use pictomonic. And oh my gosh, yeah. I need to do all these things and take in lectures and take a podcast and take, like, and, and, and instead just being like, use one review book. For me, I would say use one review book, use one or two video resources, use these, they'll be good. Yeah. And that's what, yeah, it does feel like you need to do and use everything. And there's so much out there and not like, honestly, none of that was even out there when I was in school. We didn't have any of the video kind of stuff, which I think for for pharmacology would have been really helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. But no, I think it's, I think it's really cool. And I have said before, but I just love when I feel like PAs in general are like such go-getters that like we see a problem, we want to fix it. <laughs> um, and we want to make things easier and we want to help each other. So I just love seeing other PAs doing that too. And, and really kind of, yeah. um, you know, trying to make the path a little smoother for others. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah go ahead. I, I, I was just saying, yeah, I think that would be, I think that would be great. I think it'd be great. Um, what I've, what I've noticed with PAs is um, there's this, I think, because I, when I started putting it out there, I'm like, I'm going to put this out there and people are going to hate me because I just, I had pulled away from social media entirely prior to this. Um, and what I found is people, their more response is excitement and support. And I think a big part of it is like, PAs still don't really have any cultural cachet. Like yeah. it, even, even with COVID, they're like, you know, the hospitals are overwhelmed and all these doctors and nurses are frontline workers. And there's this cool new thing called a physician's assistant. And you're just like, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Know, it, in, a, in a one-on-one basis, I think when people hear PA, they're like, oh, cool, I, I respect that. But, you know, we don't have a huge, we don't have a lot of weight behind us. No. We don't have, we don't have thousands of years of, of being a, a profession. And so I think, people who are putting themselves out there generally are just like, hey, let's just support each other and right. do our best. It's a fun little, little community. Yeah. <laughs> big, big world of social media, which can be not fun sometimes. So yeah, yeah. no, it's fun. And it's you're fun. just, you're just deeply positive and like the stuff you post them, I was just like, oh, this is just this is great. <laughs> Oh gosh, I try. That's why I always, that's my biggest concern is always that I'm going to like stress somebody out more or make them feel discouraged. That's like, I'm like, please don't like, don't freak out. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so well, I, I didn't, I didn't have my line. When I, when I applied, I didn't know about any of these resources. I didn't, I didn't, I applied, I don't even know anymore, a couple <laughs> years ago. But so I don't even know if you were doing your thing then. Um, but I also like had to hide it because my main job was not like they, like my boss knew that I was pursuing this, but it wasn't like I could be posting online and getting support and talking with people. I was just like, you know, I flew across the country to interview in the East coast and came back the next day and didn't tell anyone because I didn't want to get caught. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, the, the amount of like help that I didn't have, I now like, and I had a lot of free help, a lot of PAs that yeah. you know, 
were really supportive, um, but I definitely had to keep things really close to the chest. And so I think I get really excited when I see people who are applying to school or even are close to applying to school and they're like, hey, I'm working towards being a PA. Here's my journey. I'm like, good for you. Yeah. yeah. Share that. Yeah, put that out there. Yeah. And that's why I mean, it's, it's fun. And that's why I like being on, on that side. I get so excited whenever I get messages about acceptances and I'm like, I am so thankful and happy that like, I'm someone you thought to share that with, like, why? Yeah. Like we've never met, we've probably yeah. never spoken, but like, I'm so excited that I'm someone you wanted to tell that to. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's really cool. That's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. It's, such yeah. A, it's, it's, I've had a couple people that I'd like supported and mentored come back around and tell me they got me. I'm like, oh, what a cool, cool process to just, it, you, you're, you're able to just kind of jump on board and celebrate them in yeah. something that like is completely life-changing. Like their life is, yeah. their trajectory of life is going to go like this. You get to just bless them or not. Yeah, or maybe like this and then this, but yeah. Um, okay. Emotional, <laughs> emotionally this. Professionally yeah. this. Eventually you'll come back We'll find that healthy balance of, of stress and anxiety and income and all those things. Yeah, so yeah, I, I spoke to my class last week. I did a lecture and I was like, y'all regretting this yet? Or are you good? Because yeah. um, they're about a month, two months in now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's overall a good thing. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I appreciate your insight so much. And tell us um, kind of where people can learn more and follow <laughs> you and, you know, find your notebooks and all mm-hmm. that. So Instagram at Quill Notebooks. Okay. I started a TikTok and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I was a co- my cousin's a social media manager, and she's like, "You need to start a TikTok." And I was like, "No, I don't <laughs> want." To. Uh, um, but it's there. Um, but mainly, if you go to QuillNotebooks.com, it's the website. Um, that's the best way to get in touch with me. That's the best way to buy the books. And I'm, and I'm really like trying to build it, but also looking to the future of how, not only like you have this didactic set, but um, what would be stuff that would benefit pre-students going to like A&P or micro. Um, I've oh, designed cool. and I'm working on a surgical set. So either like you want to be in surgery, here's like the, the brunt of it, or you don't want to be in surgery, but you don't want to look like an idiot in your, in your CT surgery rotation. Here's the CT surgery book. And the the process of like doing this when an attending is talking and writing down things looks a lot better than pulling up a phone and looking like you're texting. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm working on emergency medicine, pediatrics, internal medicine. Um, but I want to be able to resource people before school in school and after school. Um, because I, I, like I said, I, I think everyone who wants to care for people deserves a guide. And I think students, when they own their education, can internalize it and strategize it in a way that makes them feel empowered and motivated. So the main one would be Instagram at quillnotebooks and quillnotebooks.com. Got it. And all of that will be in the description. And it, mm-hmm. it helps that they look nice too. So yeah. oh, <laughs> all, all good things. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. You're very welcome. I'm so, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs>